Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is Corey Willis with PPI, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. This is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. This episode is going to be fun. We've got Braden and Chase Fleece from Fleece Performance on, and we wanted to talk to them about their brand new CP3 conversion kit for the LML Duramax. The failure on the CP4s on the stock trucks is something we've talked about on the podcast before, and a lot of you guys have asked us to you know, stay on top of it, and when we saw a kit that came out that would work with emissions intact, to you know, do a whole episode on it and just dive deeper into it. So Braden and Chase are going to tell us what went into the kit as far as research development, what kind of install time to expect, and then benefits that you're going to have if you own an LML Duramax, have the CP4 on it, maybe it's failed, and you're looking for a, a solution where you don't have to deal with constant repairs or, or expensive repairs. We're also going to ask them a bit about what they're working on in the future for new trucks, and also for the older ones, they're, they're always looking to be able to solve problems or issues that the OEM setups can have. So we're really excited to jump more into their whole product line. If there's any questions that you guys have about the CP3 conversion kit or anything that Braden and Chase are going to talk about, make sure and go to fleeceperformance.com. You can find all the information there. If you do have questions, feel free to give them a call. There's a very knowledgeable, helpful group there that are more than happy to help you and make sure that you get your truck running the way that you want. All right, let's get to the podcast with Braden and Chase and learning more about this emissions intact CP3 conversion kit. Braden, Chase, it is fantastic to have you back on the Diesel Podcast. I've, I've been really looking forward to chatting with you guys. I always do, but Lenny Reed, not long ago from Dynamite Diesel Products, was uh, telling a story on one of our episodes about uh, hanging out with you guys on the Premier Cruise and an impromptu drag race that you guys did in the sand, and I wanted to get your side of the story we heard his but uh you know th there's always two sides of the story so, so welcome sure. back and uh <laughs> yeah. so how'd that uh how'd yeah. that drag race go well i'm not sure exactly how it started um but we were uh in the pool and chase is making uh 12 ounce curls gestures over here but <laughs> uh in the pool in uh, panama panama city premier took us on uh or on a Pretty cool adventure. I uh, got the top 100 dealers uh, in the nation, or actually in North America, Canada included, uh, as a captive audience for a week to give people a backstory about what we're down there for. But we're giving training and stuff. And so when you're off time, all of us uh, are a pretty tight knit group, and I've known Lenny for a long time. Chase and I both have, and good dude. And uh, something came up about how fast he used to be, or how fast he still was, and. Uh, I don't know if we've ever been in the same lineup. I'm sure uh, it'll happen eventually, but Lenny's the same as I am, about 260 pounds, but he's a foot shorter. And, uh, <laughs> but he's about five feet wide. <laughs> and I'm not narrow by any means. 
But uh, so the race was on. So we get already uh, down on the beach, and it was just dark enough where you couldn't get a good video. There's audio of it, but it kind of went something like this. We we both get into the stage beams and uh, get both of them lit, and. Jeff Merriman says, uh, our operations manager, he's doing the countdown, and I'm like, okay, we going on go, or going on one? So we established we're going on go. And uh, Lenny leaves on about two, <laughs> three, two, and he leaves, about 70 pounds of boost, um, then breaks an input shaft about 100 feet out. And uh, so he red lit and broke, and uh, he was swollen up the rest of the week. I think I actually had to helped the guy get his clothes on that evening because he was so, uh, <laughs> he was hurting so bad. So yeah, we're really good friends now. It's probably the first time his calf was the same size as his bicep. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But yeah, he was hurting and uh, he was disappointed that uh, one of his calf muscles let him down. And uh, oh. I talked to him about a week ago, and he said that, uh, yeah, he went to the doctor, and he's like, you definitely tore a calf muscle. I thought it was his Achilles, but um, would have loved to have raced him. Uh, I mean, beat him, but. That, that happens in no prep racing. Yeah. He uh, didn't even get off the line, left early. <laughs> he was telling us about just uh, how how cool it was to be able to be around those top dealers and, and, you know, peers in the industry. And it's a great time, you know, to connect. And interestingly, just the other day, I, I'm checking our email and I like to sign up for, you know, basically just to know what, what kind of parts and things are coming out in diesel, what's getting ready to hit the market. And I saw that fleece performance is you guys have a CP3 conversion kit. And there's been so many people over the years that, that, they have issues with the factory CP4 and, and I wanted to have you guys tell us a bit about the kit, um, how, the install, just all you can about it. I know people are really curious to know what you guys have done for, for these trucks. Yeah. I mean, the CP3 conversion kit, we've had that out for, oh, I guess 2020, it's been seven yeah. years, maybe. At least it was around the time the LML came out. Yeah. So I'd say like so. 11, 12 range. Probably 2012 or 2013, I'd have to look back, but um, I want to say we were the, if not the first, we had to be the at least the first company to put a good kit together that had everything you need. Um, I know that the line that we've produced, we've produced thousands of the conversion line, and we actually sell that to some other companies, and uh, that'll segue into the conversation in a minute. But, um, you know, in the climate we're in right now, a, a compliant kit makes a lot of sense and there's a lot of demand for it the cp4s are still going to fail um, with emissions on or emissions off uh, so it requires a few modifications to the pump itself to be able to run that doser the hci or hydrocarbon injector uh, the ninth injector some people call it so that pump we are getting from sns we've been you know, partners with them on several things. Um, in the past, we supplied parts to the to their compliant kit currently. And, you know, to be, like I said, it's a tight-knit industry. To not step on anybody's toes, we uh, are going to buy their modified pump that has the provision for the low-pressure supply to the ninth injector or the doser. And uh, then we're creating a kit. But we've got a, 
vast distribution network that we just talked about, you know, with Premier and uh, XDP and all the other um, buyers and uh, warehouses that are out there. So we can get that in front of a lot more people, make it more readily available, and probably better serve the market with our distribution channel. But the way they install, uh, you're not gonna have to move or modify anything. We can, it comes with all the hoses and, and fittings, and uh, it's, it's a comprehensive kit. It has everything you need. No tuning required, and that's a big part, part of you know an EO-compliant kit. Um, the less you have to modify for a part like that to work on a vehicle, the better, and that kit is 100% drop-in. That's huge as far as being able to solve an issue that the market has and has had, but then be able to do it with an EO number. So no matter where anyone lives or travels through, you've got a, a part that you don't have to worry about or kit you don't have to worry about as far as emissions compliance. Yeah, I think it's a great move. Uh, or, you know, the beginning stages of this, a lot of guys were doing you know, emissions removed, but uh, maybe I guess I'm getting old, but the, the compliance stuff runs really good right now. And uh, we're trying to, as a company, head that direction and push everybody towards doing that. And I think parts like this that allow people to, you know, change the tide of the way things are going, um, but still have, you know, the CP4s are less than reliable. Uh, you wouldn't have clash action, well, I guess you'd have class action lawsuits regardless, but there's definitely a, uh, some precedent there that the CP4 is not as reliable as a CP3. And for, say, a new diesel truck owner, they might have just picked up, you know, one of these trucks and they've heard a little bit about the issue, you know, on them with a CP4. What does a CP3 provide them that is better and different than the CP4? Well, the CP4 is an aluminum body, uh, two-piston pump, and, uh, it actually, like in higher RPM, flows better. It has two impulses per revolution. It's kind of a different design. Whereas the CP3's got three plungers, but you know it's one pump or one uh, stroke per revolution. And the, the difference though is the CP3's a cast iron pump. And all the sliding interfaces, uh, there's a follower, a bucket it's called, and that bucket is steel on steel but it's hardened steel lubricated by fuel and you can abuse them and they just keep on going well the Bosch CP4 is an aluminum body it has a follower and it's actually a roller follower instead of a sliding element but that roller element is not pinned to not rotate which is I don't know if that's German arrogance in design saying that this should never fail but when that lifter twists in its bore uh, the only thing that holds it you know, parallel to the cam or to that surface is spring pressure. Well, if it runs too much RPM or for some reason it begins to twist in the bore, it becomes a sliding interface and that's a bad thing. And the aluminum housing doesn't have the ability to keep that thing, the follower, from digging into the housing. So you start filling your entire fuel system with aluminum. And just, just material in general. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some that just look like bombs went off when they break. And so you've got, you know, piezo injectors, which are finicky to begin with, and the CP4 system. Then you've got uh, the return lines that are now, like the injector return lines that are now full of aluminum and debris, and then the tank. So 
miss a ten thousand dollar hit if you have to replace the entire fuel system. Yeah. So it preventatively, if you put a CP three conversion on there, I mean what's our retail on that? Twenty six ninety nine. Twenty six ninety nine retail. Um, you know, dealer that's that's full retail, map price is gonna be lower, but uh, that's a pretty good insurance policy against a ten thousand dollar failure. And then, you know, if you do have a failure, you obviously want to fix it, but you're going to be having the tank down to clean it anyway, so that's where we recommend our power flow in-tank lift And we have a complete solution for the entire fuel system. I want to make, take a second to tell people about that return line, though. There's a back pressure valve on the injector returns that we see, like tech calls we get, uh, all the time about, hey, I think your pump's bad. My truck will run to like 1800 RPM or 2000 RPMs and start spinning and sputtering and bursting. And uh, it, it sounds like a backfire, it's really weird. Well, <clears throat> that injector has to have a certain amount of back pressure on it on the return side. And if it does not, they don't have the ability to control the arm or the, the, the needle correctly. And at, at higher RPMs, it can't control the needle and it just stops providing fuel output. And it, diagnosis like it's a starvation to the pump but it's not the pump pressures will all be fine um, if you got a lift pump or even if you look at rail pressure rail pressure will be fine but then the, the delivered fuel inside the injector body isn't controlling the injector correctly so just something that people if they're installing these kits and they had a failure you have to replace the uh, uh, injector return line and it's all one assembly, but it has this little black canister right by the uh, uh, it's by the radiator neck or the thermostat housing. Yeah, and do you say something about blowing air in them? Um, they're yeah, to, get to get them started. If it's a yeah. brand new kit, if they're been yeah. on the shelf for a while, you've got to provide that back pressure to, to begin with. But uh, most of the injectors, we I've only ran into that once where you've got to provide back pressure into that circuit. But but that back pressure valve mm -hmm. is a it's a good point. We've had multiple customers come in wondering what's wrong with their truck and put that on and get them fixed right up and back on the road. Well, that's exactly what it was. I mean, I had a truck that I was working on and I'm like, this thing will not. Like, what is the deal? And I had a customer come in, he was sending me logs, all this stuff, and then when he finally got there, I just, we, we found it that day and then it really, there started to be more information coming about around the internet and everybody's like, hey, yeah, that back pressure valve was bad. And I took it apart and it's stuck halfway open. It's really, it's really awesome to see these solutions, well, complete solutions, because there's always posts on Facebook and Instagram and other places about injector, you know, aluminum's in the, got into the, the fuel system, the injectors, the expensive repair bill, the parts, the labor, the time, and being able to preventively avoid that and <clears throat> do it within the framework of an EO number. Is, is so important. And, and you'd mentioned earlier, Braden, that the, the industry and the, 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 the framework, I guess we could say, for parts development and things that are happening to do it within emissions compliance is something we, we've been hearing from a lot of companies recently. And I wanted to ask you guys as, you know, at Fleece Performance, what, what direction and what things are you guys focused on within that, whether it's a Duramax, a Power Stroke, a Cummins? Well, the first initiative is to get the existing product pushed through the EO approval channels. Uh, 
I think the HE351VE07 um, to 18 turbocharger is primary goal. That's our highest volume turbocharger that we make. Uh, and it's a good bang for the buck. And, you know, we get that thing approved. I think it's in process right now. Uh, unfortunately, it's a long process when, you know, everybody has now turned to, okay, we're getting good EO numbers. How do we do it? It's like, there's maybe 10 people at CARB that are doing this, and there's how many shops and how many products. I mean, thousands of SKUs are being applied for uh, each month. So they're going to have to add staff to get that done. But, but anyways, yeah, we'll start with existing product, go through all the turbos, and then uh, everything else. Uh, lift pumps, I think we could uh, get tested pretty easily. I don't you know, think it's going to be a modification to the emissions of the vehicle but yeah I mean, that's where we're heading I mean, it's not really changing our focus a lot but it, we have a lot of parts that are that don't impact emissions a lot of problem solver parts that that we create that well just to add a lot of these problem solver parts the dealers took notice and have fixed a lot of these trucks you think about like the uh, 13 and up ram and uh, the new, the newer Fords, their emission system are, is a way, you know, it's a it's a drastic improvement over what they originally started with. Um, are they perfect? No, I think there's still going to be issues, but the, you know, they've uh, they've made a big stride on making everything better. And uh, I mean, there's emissions compliant Fords, you know, that make 500 and some horse, and the uh, DPF can handle that. So. I look in the next five to ten years, you know, you're going to have a, a lot of people going away from, you know, the, hey, I want this deleted to, hey, uh, I'm pretty happy with how this truck is. I just want a little more pep. How do we uh, how do we get there? And, uh, you know, I've already kind of turned the corner. I don't like the uh, the smell of, you know, CCV, the crank vent, like that drives me nuts. And I hate the the, the smell, you know, you get, you're dropping your kid off at school and, the, the you know, you know, the line waiting to drop them off and the truck stinks and smells. I mean, I like how they sound, but we're, uh, we're driving these new vehicles that are making 475 horse stock and, uh, you know, you don't hear them. They're clean and quiet. And I don't know, I guess I'm getting older. I like how they run. That's something that, uh, it, it really is. It's interesting because these trucks now, any of the big three, they're the most advanced, comfortable technology filled, diesel trucks that we could have ever you know we could ever buy but then also to see the aftermarket like with what you guys have done with the eo approved cp3 conversion and, and things with turbos and existing parts is that performance aspect is going to be there in the in the future being able to get a, you know, a little bit more power a little bit more torque um yeah, more reliability. And so it's very exciting to see because we're you know, basically going through it all at the same time and watching it is how that plays out. And, you know, I think of the fleece performance product line, it's massive. It's huge. There's a lot of things that you guys do. And it's going to be exciting to see those be able to adapt to the new models and the, the new things that are coming out with, uh, with these trucks. Well, we're living in a modern horsepower war. I mean, again, you think about the new Ford, 475 horse. I mean, I just remember customers come to me like, oh, I'd love to have 500 horse if we could get there. <laughs> and trucks are there now. Yeah. So when we uh, when we think about that, 
you know, if we pick up another 50 or 75 horse, you know, on one of these new trucks, you know, you're, you know, you're right there close to that 500 number at the tire, like a lot of these customers want. Um, I think about how the Ford's made huge strides with uh, trying to make just a, you know, a bomb-proof bottom end, you know, using a new uh, steel piston. And I'm pretty sure this uh, reiteration of the connecting rod is even stronger than the previous generation. So they're, uh, they're heading the right direction. Um, they're using a high-pressure injection system. I think it's uh, 240 MPA, I believe, with 36,000-pound fuel system, which... That's what, you know, we use that kind of stuff on race engines. They're implementing this stuff, you know, in factory trucks. So it's just, it's an awesome time to be alive and playing with diesel pickups. So it's came a long way since the early 2000s, you know, the, you know, 99. I think about, I started with a VP44 Dodge, 245 horsepower from factory. And I think they were being generous. <laughs> and they definitely were quiet. Oh God! <laughs> well, I remember reading that way early on, probably ten years ago. Is like the the holy grail was a five hundred and fifty to six hundred horsepower truck that you could daily drive and tow with. And you think of back then the money that you'd have to spend to do that. Say if we take a, a Cummins, you're you're in it for a transmission, turbo injectors, upgraded CP3, you know, tuning, all these things to be able to get there. Where right now you don't have to go that far to get you know 550 or 530 or whatever it might be because they're they're almost right there as as stock i would say our core customer base is that 500 to 650 700 horse range those are the guys that can bolt a you know a turbo on maybe some injectors and fuel system and you know they can turn their truck down and use it every weekend and then they can turn it back up during the week and play around and enjoy it and that's kind so, of the goal i mean we have the 10 millimeter pump that I've made 822 to the tire on that thing. Um, it, it, the power flow 750, we, you know, rated for 750. Well, you take one of our lift pumps, one of our injection pumps, a set of injectors, and you know, a cheetah, and through a DPF, if, if we can get these things at 750, you know, obviously they're going to make a little smoke and you're going to make some more soot and have a higher region frequency but it's not like you're going to run it on kill all the time but if you did want to go have some fun at 700 horse i mean the trucks really the turbocharger technology has gotten so much more advanced they spool quick and they really don't make that much smoke so as long as you're up on the pipe and what your driving style you change shift points based on your tire size and stuff which most people don't do um they won't make that much smoke. I mean, I've, I'm driving around in an L5P that's 100 horse over stock, and the thing, uh, the regen frequency really didn't uh, increase that much. I regen about every 10 days now. I did notice a, a decrease in regen frequency when I put uh, Banks intake on it. Uh, thing's got a huge filter on it and retains all the Ram Air features, so that was interesting to watch the data. Uh, I know he's been doing a lot of data-driven stuff, and uh, uh, we're, Chase has been setting up one of our engine dyno cells, uh, one of the four, just takes a lot of time, but we're going to do a lot of that same kind of testing in the near future. But, but again, I was, you know, the, uh, the trucks, they're clean, they're quiet, and I tell a 
47 foot toy hauler with a 100 horse overstock tune and uh, the thing doesn't get hot and does it you know stock trains with pressure increase does everything I want it to and that's the thing I think about like like we're talking about the Ford um, even if you can get to 600 horse we all love torque that's what makes us smile and like with that new 10 speed they skip skip years is like a one three five shift strategy it reminds me of the old torque flight days box converter drags the engine down you know really snappy really responsive and you know i want i'd rather have a truck that makes 1200 foot pounds at you know 1400 rpm and carries that all the way out than to make 700 horsepower at 3200 but not have a good torque curve so uh, what I'm going to be focused on is building nice, usable power curves and delivering that kind of drivability in a package that we can sell to our customers across all models. Like same thing with the L5P and uh, the new Cummins. So that's uh, that's where our head's at. We want customers to have a you know, good, fun, responsive truck that they enjoy to drive. It's a drivability part where we're spending probably 99% of you know people's time is spent either stop and go or towing or maintaining a constant speed and improving that drivability, I think is what is, is so desired by truck owners. And, and it's exciting to see what you guys have done. We've, we've talked about it on previous podcasts with you guys with, you know, like the lift pump and turbos. And one of the big ones is exhaust brakes. And I wanted to ask you about a new one that you guys I'm not sure if it's out yet or if you guys are getting ready to release it, but I wanted to to uh, to see what you guys got on the, this new one. We kind of did a soft release, right, Braden, to uh, well, some of our uh, dealers to get them out there so they could uh, kind of have some product knowledge ahead of time. And yeah, we've had back. prototype or production intent units out for over a year on customers and various dealers that we interact with in various areas. We've got a, I can't remember the... Uh, dealer in way northern Canada. Helen Mills, Randy Harrop. Randy Harrop, Helen Mills. Yeah. He's had one up there uh, in the cold and uh, really put it through its paces for quite a while. And uh, so we've had a lot of them out, but we yes, we did do kind of a soft launch. Everybody that was on that Premier Cruise had an opportunity, all the dealers had an opportunity to buy uh, early. And those uh, people have been kind of posting little snippets up on Instagram and social media and stuff. Uh, I know that uh, Garrett Shields has got one, uh, Periods of Power, and there's there's several others out there, and I think we have a uh, hundred of them ready to go. Release should be next week. Um, everything's working well, and obviously we wanted to have this conversation a year ago <laughs> when all the memes started <laughs> popping up on the internet about Wins Fleece's break coming out. But somebody um, posted the uh, SpongeBob one. Two years later, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But hey, part of it, we got to release something that's right and proven, and you know that we're happy with. We did uh, a lot of development work in this thing, and uh, there was kind of a fork in the road using the uh, the CAN bus that the turbo was attached to, or the CAN bus that's available uh, in the cab and under hood. The 500k CAN bus, that uh, the Chrysler bus. There's so much more information on that bus that allows us to make better decisions and make the brakes stronger, um, make it or react 
react quicker. It works better than the BGT brake. And uh, you retain your part warm-up mode. Um, and it, it just, we've got better braking horsepower. We don't let off during shifts, but it still works with the factory button in the cab. And you can, you know, you've obviously got the best of both worlds because everybody was riding the fence. Well, I like my BGT because of the brake. Well, now you can have an S400 and still keep your brake. So, really anticipate this one be a good seller. And uh, you, you just, you hop in a truck with one and can't help but smile because it sounds like a big rig with Jake's and, and it slows you down very well. And there's, down the pipe, there's a cut-in kit being yes. made. That's something that there was a big discussion on Facebook about that. Because if you buy it to fit exactly the way we designed for our, our second gen kit, um, it can be a little more expensive if you've already bought a downpipe and this, that, and the other. But for someone who has a different uh, second gen kit, they'll be able to cut in, weld V bands in. Yeah, know. we made it modular. Like right now, it will bolt onto any second gen kit that we've sold that would have a steed and crack flange on that. Yeah, sport. but let's say it got like a stainless or something. If they've got a four yeah. inch downpipe, they can cut it in and ready yep. to roll. Yep. And we've got a cast of elbow that comes off the S400 discharge, but the cut-in kit, like you said, uh, you'll cut your downpipe or put it wherever you want. Obviously, closest to the brake, is, or excuse me, close to the turbo as possible. Uh, and we can look at, you know, if there's high volume and a lot of requests, we can we can cast another elbow that fits somebody else's kit. But obviously, we want to uh, not hem ourselves into just fitting our vehicle. So the cut-in kit will fit uh, anything, and that will include Duramaxes and power strokes and. I've already started to do some of the uh, reverse engineering of the can messages that we're going to use on the GMs. So, yeah, it's a really nice, complete kit. The modularity is amazing. Just to, to think of being able to use it on your kit, anyone else's, and then also being able to adapt this to other platforms is is very unique. And it it is that is one of the things that we hear a lot from listeners is they'll say, Hey, listen, this episode with you guys really want to run this, really want to run this turbo, but I don't want to lose my exhaust brake. And that's been, I think talked about since 2007 and a half, 2008. So you guys have been able to address that. Oh yeah. I mean, we've even got big interest in the big rig market um, to make a five inch brake. Uh, and just now that we've got this development under our belt, <clears throat> I can't, I hate to say it, but it should be quicker to make a five-inch brake. But which, sure. which fortunately, some of these the semis, be the same. Yeah. some of these semis, you know, the, the turbo's not really <coughs> any bigger than what we're running on some of these trucks when it comes to turbine flow. So, uh, like I think about the ISX, they've got a little dinky turbine. So we we can get by with the four-inch uh, pipe that we made yeah, for it. No the problem. adaptation to that. Yeah. Discharge, but. But yeah, it fits. Uh, it can fit a lot of different vehicles. You just gotta, you know, implement that and make it happen. The the last time we chatted, we had looked forward a little bit with uh, you know maybe some new things that Fleece Performance was going to be coming out. And there was a lot of feedback that we got from listeners on that episode, and yeah, you know, chatting with you guys today, or you know, a, a couple months, you know, after our last episode, what. I know you guys, you know, you guys are moving fast, thinking ahead, uh, you know, planning all these things out. What are some new things that, that you guys are working on or new platforms where, you know, you're jumping, jumping right in and, and thinking, how can we make this better? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've been looking pretty hard at that little three-liter uh, half-ton GM, but there's a ton of technology in that motor. But uh, it's just, as new vehicles come out, I mean, Chase is working on the Ford. It just seems like Chase, that's all he does is talk about Fords on every podcast. It's like he's the Dodge guy, and now he's just straight <laughs> Well, you know, I'm all about Cummins when it comes down to making power, but uh, the we're working on a turbocharger for the, for the 2020 Ford. Um, Realistically, nobody's gonna. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. the 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 amount of people that are gonna want an upgraded turbocharger right now are probably pretty small. But I like to get it out ahead and do the testing on my own truck and drive it and make sure it's something we're happy with. Um, you know, turbo is one thing. Um, I know we're looking towards doing fuel systems at some point on Fords. Um, Really, uh, a lot of our customers have spoken. They they really need reman cylinder heads and stuff like that for the Ford market. Um, we're already, you know, doing the uh, Duramax and Cummins at a pretty high level on the uh, cylinder head department. So we're going to keep going down the uh, uh, life of making high quality replacement uh, engine components and uh, also doing some crate engine work here. Uh, we call it the stage two down at uh, Freedom Racing Engines. We're working on getting those where we can turn them quicker to our customers. And uh, I think that's our focus is we're coming out with some new stuff. We've got plenty of product to make, but we really want to get the product that we already make out the door quicker and more efficiently. So that's kind and of where our head's at. Broader coverage with product lines that we already have, like PowerFlow, uh, we support like 32 some odd years of uh, <clears throat> model your coverage, but the next evolution for the uh, power flow lift pump is the six liters. I mean, those there's a definite need there. That pump is capable of 100 psi, um, so you know 60 or so is not going to be an issue at all. And <clears throat> we'll get that out there, and uh, I think it'll be a good uh, upgrade for the six liter guys. And those trucks are getting old enough that probably a lot of them with failed sending units that uh, you know you're getting. You know, two for, or there's a value add in putting our lift pump in as opposed to something else. Uh, there's, uh, oh, uh, the L5P, you know, it's run coming up on, I think I got mine's late 16, so coming up on four years old of very similar uh, fuel systems. So, uh, had a lot of feedback on that from air crews about, hey, when you're gonna make an L5P lift pump to replace, you know, the the one that's in there, there are some guys that are pushing the envelope and seeing that they're not feeding that uh, Denso pump hard enough. So, uh, and I mean, we've got an elegant kit. I mean, you just you take one fuel sending unit with uh, pump it and out and put another one in, uh, versus some of the other stuff is uh, really convoluted install in L5P. So, which uh, the L5P is right for the picking. <coughs> Excuse me. We. Uh, really just kind of got slowed down from the move and uh, kind of finally getting our wheels off the ground again and uh, you know spool back up on new products so that's, uh, that's something I never thought it'd take take that long the last engine I dynoed was in July 
and uh, we're getting ready to fire that back up. Well, that was a big, that was a big move that you guys made. I remember chatting with you before, and we talked about the the capability and the you know, basically streamlining you know things. So with uh, with the you know, the focus you'd mentioned with getting product out quicker and being able just to kind of mobilize everything and and the, the market. Well, sorry. I can speak to some of that. I mean, yeah, we're we're very process driven here, um, so much so that I think we're the only aftermarket diesel company to have their ISO nine thousand one certification. We just received that about a month ago. Uh, that was a big step for us. Um, it allows us. Uh, I mean, we're already practicing, um, you know, lean principles and uh, lean manufacturing principles, and we just had to put some of that. Uh, process down on paper and document it and uh, it was uh, really wasn't that well I say it wasn't that bad Jeff Marin was in charge <laughs> Merriman was doing most of it so uh, got a good got a good team here but uh, I was just there for the picture you know <laughs> hold that big sign <laughs> no uh, but everybody I mean we were a really young company here and uh, you know a lot of 20 somethings to 30 year olds and they're doing things the same way that big manufacturing companies do them. Toyota, GM, Ford, everyone um, is, is doing everything they can to be lean. And uh, when we can be lean and control our costs, but also have a good system that's scalable, we can work that process and scale it up as demand increases. So, and it's also working. easier to train employees when you do a standardized yeah. practice and you know try to focus on discipline and efficiency um, may sound you know crazy but at the size we are now we we can't afford not to focus on efficiency and making sure the parts are right the first time make sure the machine shop's doing their thing right and um, you know kitting and packaging that's something that's extremely important you know you got to make sure that everybody gets what they ordered and the uh, the parts are correct in the box and it's all about being uh, being efficient it's one of the things I, I always nerded out on. It's not even really related to trucks, but just logistics and the process for things. And what what is so exciting to think about is, you know, say where diesel was 15 years ago and where it is now and the consistency of the product that you can make does so much for people, whether it's your dealers, distributors, the end user that's out there is... Uh, it's just exciting to be able to to hear about the the growth and the things that you guys do that I think help everyone in a way. It sets a standard, I guess, is a better way for me to say it. But it sets a standard for the products and the development all the way down to when the box is delivered at a shop or you know someone's home. You guys have thought about that process. Well, we were a shop. I mean, we were. We still are. We have you know, two technicians working. Not as busy as we used to be. Um, Chase and I aren't out there pulling transmissions or anything anymore, but I mean, we still got it. It's kind of like that race with Lenny. I mean, I still got it. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, if I would have had a chance to race. But, uh, anyways, back on track. I mean, we used to have a shop, so we understand what it's like to have a company, or we used to be a shop only, and we used to, we know what it's like to have a company that you, you want to rely on that's gonna have something in stock, and when you do get it, 
that you can turn the job quickly and rely on the quality of the part to be there or you know there's nothing worse than putting something on and then it, it, it failed right out of the box and then you've got you know a customer that's mad you've already probably sent your core in and then you've got nothing nothing to put on the vehicle you know so we understand that if we can be <clears throat> a lot of these dealer or customers uh, easy buttons everything goes smoothly and, and it's all about availability and you know, distribution is key I think we we try to maintain uh, Jeff Everett does a very good job of maintaining inventory levels at, at all of our distributors and our authorized dealers and having places for people to go uh, to an authorized dealer uh, if they do have an issue so we understand what it's like to, to be a shop as we uh, get in here into springtime I know UCC's right around the corner and I, I've seen some pictures on Instagram. Derek Rose had, uh, he, I think he went up there to visit you guys and uh, dropped off an engine or, or you guys were, were checking it out. What are you guys um, you know, thinking about UCC and some of the events that are, are coming up, you know, in the spring and summer? Are you guys going to be, you know, traveling a lot? What, uh, you know, what are some things you guys are looking for or really excited to, to see? I can't speak to the show schedule that we're going to be at. <clears throat> Jeff Everett would have that, but uh, the um, we're definitely going to be at UCC. Uh, we actually plan to have a big open house here uh, around the same time. That way, people can come in. We can finally have a uh, kind of a grand opening to allow anybody that wants to come here to check out the place, try to have the machines run, so they can see what we're doing on a daily basis. Uh, because it's there's a lot of people that come in here and they're expecting to see a diesel shop, and it's a manufacturing facility. Um, there's 15 CNCs running, uh, you know, all day long, uh, from Swiss machines, a 10-axis Swiss machine, to a uh, thousand millimeter horizontal um, four-axis that that's making a billet block or you know making large components. So. And then an engine machine shop, all in one, you know, all in one house. Uh, so it's it's really cool. So we want to allow uh, everybody to come and check that out. And then you know, UCC. I'm not sure what Derek's plans are. Chase can uh, speak to that. But Derek's plans, as in, like to win. <clears throat> oh, well, that was the only plan. Okay. Yeah. No, I don't know what. He's got drag racing on the brain. Just obviously, we all want to win it again. But I. From, from the way I read what Derek wants to do he wants to go out there make a big number again drag race it and then you know get through the sled bowl he wants to race this summer you know that's uh, that's something that you know, he got uh, he got quite a bit accomplished last year running it but I think he's he's wanting to set that record a little deeper I think uh, I think he can do it um, but I mean we're pretty much loaded up the exact same uh turbo system i think he's gonna throw a little more nitrous at it and i'm sure millican will you know put even probably put another bottle in it and another inner spooler who knows but uh you know he's loaded for bear and we'll uh we'll try not to push the crank out of it interesting uh interesting thing a lot of people probably don't realize it but that engine it blew the head gasket on the dyno. We started to run at, I think, 24, 2600 RPM, something like that, which is just crazy low. But that's how you get a torque number. Took it back to the pits, get ready for the drag. Or, drove it. 
drove Dur- it back yeah, to yeah, the yeah, pits. yeah. Drove it back to the pits. Um, that was under direct orders from myself. Um, but that's here or there. <laughs> Had sled pull the next day. You know, I, I looked at three and four, and I'm like, ooh, crap. It's uh, It was scored up a little more than I liked, and that's because he ran it in third gear the first pass and got the thing hot as hell. So we had to run it again back to back. Um, it was a little hotter than I liked, but, you know, it is what it is. We move on, scored up. I said, okay, we need to take this thing out as soon as you get it done. And he's like, well, I really want to go to this next race, and then I'll take it out after that. It's going to be turned down, blah, 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 be fine. Well, we get it back in December. So he ended up racing all summer like that. <laughs> Checked the crank. Crank's bent 13 thousandths, and he'd been racing on it all summer. Don't know how the hell it was still together. Um, the cylinders didn't look any worse, though, than the day we dynoed it. It was pretty amazing. Um, so that's, uh, that's one of those things people probably think that engine... You know, it's a return to sender unit, and, you know, he gets a brand new one, blah, blah, blah. That's not the case. That engine, you know, made a, you know, made its trip through UCC and then raced the rest of the year and then got tore apart early winter and um, freshened up, put back together. So I think uh, I think we've got a pretty good little program going on there and uh, looking forward to keep improving it. And, um that way our customers can uh, you know have something they have some faith in and can actually race and get some time out of them i've got a whole podcast episode plan talking about cummins engines with you guys so there's there's like 10 questions i thought of when you were chatting about the engines there chase but we'll we'll save that for another one but that was that was the post i think i remember seeing in in december with it in and I know time goes by so fast, UCC is going to be here, and we're going to see the post for it and, and just see everything that happens. So I know a couple of fans had asked, you know, for us to, next time we talk to you guys, ask you about uh, about the engines and then the competitions out there. Yeah, there's uh, all kinds of new little products. I mean, uh, one I just finished up with, I know uh, we've been blabbering for 45 minutes, but um, you know our All Lights On product yeah. we make? It, uh, yeah, so... Like Chase said earlier, we've been so busy with this move and building the building that uh, I hadn't had a chance to look at the 07 to 2020 uh, product to see if I could make something work for them. And finally sat down and uh, scratched out a nasty little circuit board and, uh, and did some farming and went out to my truck and figured out a way to do it under the, uh, under the dash at the BCM to make an all lights on product for the newer trucks. Well, it turns out, so like the all lights on board, the 03 to 7 one, there was about 380,000 vehicles built between 03 and 07 that that would apply to or fit on. We've sold over 35,000 of them. So almost 10% market saturation for a little circuit board. Now, 07 to 20 GM vehicles that we've found applications for, there's almost 15 million vehicles that this works on. Wow. So, pretty cool little product, it's 20 bucks. And uh, it really does a good job of uh, you know, lighting up the road. It takes five minutes, well, it takes some people 20, but you know, in- engineers, <laughs> I'm a dropout. But uh, no, it's a really quick install, and we launched that about a month ago, and I mean, we're selling them about a thousand. So, 
but they fit, you know, gas, they fit, uh, you know, SUVs and trucks and, and from 07 to pretty much 2020. So there's a full complete list on the website, the all lights on product. So that was a, that was a good product launch for us. It's, it's a varied or different than our core market, but you know, I'm kind of an electronics geek. So that was uh, one when I had time to sit down and, and actually execute that, it, it really turned out well. So easy product to sell and it's simple, super simple install. I've been seeing a lot of it on Instagram, a lot of people talking about it, shops too, that have have ordered it and you know, they're showing what they're working on. So it, it it seems like just really quick that that just took off. Yeah, we tried to push it pretty hard, but I mean, <laughs> that's a whole podcast episode of how uh, social media will throttle something good, you know? They want you to pay for, <laughs> pay for yeah. reach, but uh, podcasts are hard to hold back. So um, no, it's just, it's a great little product. I mean, for 20 bucks, um, you know, there's, it's just like the original lights on. Yeah, you can wrap some diodes around the legs of your relays, but you know, it's kind of redneck. So this, uh, we actually applied for a, a utility patent on this thing because of the way that we hold the wires and the way that it intercepts some of these wires. So it was a, it was a good exercise in engineering. And also it's a, it's a robust little product that like I said, 20 bucks. And I think I always use the line that I spend like 15 bucks at Taco Bell. So, you know, what's 20 bucks to keep you from hitting the deer? Exactly. Exactly. Well, like, uh, I'm definitely going to bug you guys here pretty soon. I know you guys get busy, but, uh, there's so many, uh, engine questions and just product questions we get, but I appreciate your time today, you know, stepping aside and being able to, to chat with us and our audience and tell us what you guys are doing and, and some of the things that you guys are working on and delivering to diesel truck owners. It was, uh, it was great to, to chat with you guys and I look forward to seeing, you know, some of the, uh, the, the press releases and the new products and the things that you guys are doing. Well, thanks for having us. Maybe we'll do the next uh, podcast live from the engine dyno with Chase in May. Yeah, that'd be nice. Make some sweet noises. It better not be May. Yeah, I'm actually going to try to get the thing fired tomorrow. Figured out what was wrong with it today. All right. Don't forget, diesel fans, if you have any questions about the products that Braden and Chase talked about, just go to fleeceperformance.com. You can check it out there and give them a call with any questions. They're more than happy to help you out. Make sure you get your truck running the way that you want. Till next time, keep the shiny side up.